Hello and welcome to the Paranormalist Podcast. As always, I am your host, Kenny Dodson, and I am on with the allergic Patty Wilson. Yes, you are. I have terrible allergies right now, guys, so bear with my weepy, watery eye and my sneezy sneeziness. So I apologize up front. And the little uh, tickle in your voice. There. And a tickle in my voice, yes. <laughs> it's been going on for days, ever since the flowers started to bloom. We've got daffodils and forsythias and allergies. Mm-hmm. I can't even stay awake half the time because there's so much sinus pressure. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about today, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, we're talking about monsters. We are talking about monsters. But first, um, we had a backlog of episodes and guests and everything. So um, we are just now recording... Uh, a new one and on this new one we have to say we got two more patronormalists yay we appreciate them oh we appreciate them so much and especially their names are? oh yes uh it is casey newhall mm-hmm. thank and you, casey thank you casey and madison lambert and madison yay i know we like madison she ta- she hits us up all the time so. yeah and casey start talking with us we love it we want to get to know you we know casey I mean, not that much. I don't know that much about her yet. And I quite like Madison. Madison talks a lot and tells us a lot of stuff. Casey goes by a different name. Oh. That we know her as. Oh. But we we won't say it. Yes. Because we just won't. But um, (laughs) so, yes. Thank you, Casey uh, and Madison. Now, this is good because um, we got our box for Patty. And after saving up a couple months, um, and we are now going to be trying to get a website. And uh, at the same time, we are also trying to uh, get a program that allows Patty and I to do Facebook Lives together. There are a couple out there, but they're very expensive. So um, if you yeah, could... Because unfortunately, Facebook changed their rules. They can't they can't do lives from different places together anymore. Right. And with the Corona thing, like the social distancing, whatever, the way we did it last time in Patty's house right next to each other just kind of doesn't work at the moment. So um, it, plus, it's just easier for us to, to do that separately like that. But um, if you could spare the five dollars uh, a month to help us, you get four full extra episodes a month. Uh, so that's yeah. what you get. And what we get from your support will be these things that we kind of desperately need in this time um, because we just don't have the money to pay for them uh, or the extra, I should say. So podcasting's expensive and we appreciate the contributions from the eight of you that we have now. Um, we're hoping to get beyond that. But um, yeah, we know times we are. are tough. So anyway, if you, if you can, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And if you can't, <clears throat> please share as much as you can or comment or like or any other way of social proofing, uh, leaving us good reviews. Perhaps that goes a long way on places like Apple Podcasts, etc. Right. So we would appreciate that as well. Right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So we are talking about Monsters. Monsters. Well, it actually all started today. I was watching something and I heard them talk about make a reference to the Van Meter monster, which was um, really an interesting little aside for me. I tend to be that that person who hears the whole big text and only takes out the things from the subtext. So immediately, of course, I have to go on and, and like, I know this story. I know this story. I need to refresh my memory on this story. So the basic gist of it was um, that a a creature and it reminds you a lot of the mothman large eight foot tall winged creature shooting light out of its eyes or from its head depending on who was telling the story um appears <coughs> i apologize and it's 1903 and there was a mine being worked at the edge of this little town of van meter iowa and um they hit something down in the mine. They don't know what it was. But after that, they got through this certain point in the mine. They began to hear um, noises, screeches, screaming, things like that. It freaked everybody out. And it's very shortly after that that the first sighting of this creature happens. It happens um, at night. And multiple people see it. 
It isn't just one person or you know, something like that. This is multiple people. In fact, over the course of the next few weeks, <clears throat> not only do a lot of people see it, but um, a lot of people shoot at it. I mean, it's an eight-foot-tall monster shooting light into your bedroom. <coughs> so it's shoot like uh, like <coughs> like high beams from a car, like headlights, it, or like it's it, it actually shines in, or it's like it's it's brilliantly something. illuminating, is what they said. Okay, but it seemed to be able to focus the light in directions because the, several of the reports are of things of it shooting light into a person's bedroom and waking them. Or after they shot at it, they would um, it would turn in its head and it would shoot a very bright beam of light at them and paralyze them. Now, here's something that's really interesting. One of them was a, a fellow who was a farmer and he was a crack shot, this dude. So he wakes up in the middle of the night with this thing screeching outside on the roof of the of one of the outbuildings looks out and it's brightly illuminated. If you remember, this is 1903 pole lights aren't the um, issue of the day. And he takes, grabs his rifle and he takes a shot at it and he's sure he hits it. The thing whirls its head around and looks at him and comes flying toward him. And this is really cool. It emits this smell that wafts at him and he staggers back to the bed and he forgets, he falls, he passes out, and he doesn't remember anything after that till morning. Th this is, you know, cryptid stuff that like, you can't imagine. It's a cool story. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me more so, about what know, happened this can, after. This sounds like an alien know. abduction, does, doesn't it? It does, in a way. I mean, there are things, like, coming up out of the mine makes you remind me of the lizard stories, okay? Uh-huh. And, you know, because we hear the lizard stories about mines all the time. Then you have this thing has this, it looks like the Mothman in a lot of ways. It's very, very similar, except it shoots white light, not red beams of light or red light, eyes. Um, it flies. Okay. It's loud. Um, huge, broad-shouldered, big wings the whole nine yards. And now it, it seems to have the ability to, um, it wants contact. I mean, or at least it seems to want contact. It's, it's, it's in engaging humans actively. You know, if you don't want contact, you don't go stand in the roof of the building, you know, middle of town and look at people, but it seems to want contact. And now we have this smell that knocks people unconscious. Hmm. So it's got all these really cool, bizarre elements. Well, if it wants to get to know you, why does it knock you out? I don't know. I don't know what its purpose is. Has anyone done any like regression therapy or anything or hypnosis? No, you're talking about or... 1903, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, so anyhow, the, the town's leading citizens have all like some of them have had experiences. There was a doctor who tried to shoot at it and he shot like six shots into it mm -hmm. and it didn't phase it at all. It seemed to get basically pissy, but that was it. <laughs> and, um, annoyed with him, shall we say that he shot it six times with a handgun. You know, things got kind of crazy in town. People were scared. They didn't know if it was going to carry off a child or, you know, what it was going to do. So, the founding, the leading fathers of the town at the time decided that this thing started after whatever happened in the mine happened in the mine. So the best answer is to destroy the mine. So they literally, the mine's been stopped and abandoned since this whole thing started, right? Mm -hmm. So they decide to go out there and dynamite shut the mine. And that's exactly what they did. After that, there are no more recorded sightings. In that area or ever? Well, there are people who talk about hearing sounds. There's people I've, I, I have not found a single eyewitness type encounter since then. But for those few weeks, that's that year in 1903, this was huge until they blew the mine shut. So whatever it was, apparently was coming up out of that mine mm -hmm. and going back down in that shaft 
you know, at daylight or whenever it was going home, whatever that meant. And um, when they closed the mine, you know, it, it, it disappeared. Jeez, so maybe many, it was in there. How many creatures are down in these mines? This is crazy. Oh. <laughs> you know, there's an entire... There's an entire group of people who believe that aliens are not from outer space at all, but they're from inner space inside the Earth. That there's, you know, entire civilizations down under there. So, I'm one. See, and and, and I I don't necessarily argue the point. I mean, we have story bizarre stories like the green children we talked about, mm-hmm. who came out of a cave. Um, the lizard people, which fit the um, UFO scenario. You know, very handily. There was an entire classification of reptoid UFO alien type figures. Mm-hmm. And um, lizards, literal lizards. There's stories of things of lizard-like little beings that come up out of mines and um, septic systems and stuff like that, you know. Um, so all this, plus now we had this little fella. Well, this big fella. Big fella, yep. To the mix. Yeah. And giant so, snakes. The giant snake story I told from the broad top that after they reclaimed the mind area, the um, snake was never seen again after they closed up the mine and, and reclaimed that area. And it's not been seen in probably 20 years. What about Bigfoot sightings? Are there caves and mines? N- well, there's a lot of belief about caves and Bigfoots. Um, it is believed that they shelter in them, that they may even travel through um, networks of them. Yeah. You know, that to stay out of the human sight, that they have found a way to traverse the networks of caves from the inside or through, so we only occasionally see them. See, that would make sense to me, uh, because a lot of times, when do you see Bigfoots? Like, typically nighttime, mm-hmm. right? A lot of time. And it's not like they have a flashlight, so they must have really keen night vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're, I mean, what's the difference between being outside in pitch black or in a mine in pitch black? If they can see, will, they can see, you know? Yeah. I will tell you though, like I, I did tell you a story about having shot in a mine. And one of the first things they did whenever that we were shooting this video in the mine was, um, they turned off all the lights and you have never seen darkness that hurt your eyes until you've been down inside the earth where there's literally no light. Yeah, well, it is bizarre. It's it's like, I mean, I've seen probably four or five caves now, mm-hmm. and they always on the tours they turn off all the lights so you can see, and or so you can't see, I guess. <laughs> but but you uh, can understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it it does do something to you. It does. It, it it's almost like, hurts your eyes. Yeah, it almost hurts your eyes, and it makes your brain kind of hurt because it's like it's like your brain wants to see something. And it's the same, I think we discussed this on here before, but it's the same when you have like dead silence Mm -hmm. where there's just nothing. And it's almost like you hear like a little buzz or like something, something is filling in the gap. There's not really a true absence of sound because I think probably because you need it or something. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But anyhow, I just thought this was a really cool story and it sort of started me down that path toward monsters today. Mm hmm. So I thought we could talk a little bit about monsters because there are so many cool stories. And this one had so many elements that were diverse, you know, from one thing to another. Like it definitely has a huge amount of um, Mothman type story, you know, the way it looks and what have you. But then it comes out of the mines and then you can shoot it and it doesn't seem to get hurt. And, you know, just so many different things all going on at one time. I just found it fascinating. I have a question. Sure. This will take us way off topic, but okay. Has anybody heard like lizard men or whatever speaking any sort of language, or does it appear to be like telepathy communication or something like that? Because you don't hear well, people like describe what they talked like. Yeah. No. Um. <clears throat> the lizard men. Okay. I'm going to break them down into categories. So, like, if they're the lizard men, like in the bayou. They seem to not make, not talk. They may yell, growl, hiss. Okay. But you don't hear them um, 
speaking cogently, you know, um, cognizantly at all. And they don't seem to be interested in communication. They seem to be interested in tearing your car apart and trying to get to you. Hmm. Okay. Um, now, if you go to UFO stories about the lizards, the lizard people, okay, usually described as brown or greenish brown, <clears throat> they are a totally different category because they are almost always to the person. Do you hear the story from the abductee saying, I knew he was the leader of this group or I knew he was the smartest one there? Um, they, they always generally get that feeling that this figure is somehow the, the leader. <clears throat> and they most often don't speak out loud, almost, almost to the person. And I'm not, cause I, I can't say for absolute certain that nobody's ever had that experience, but the vast majority of the stories I've ever um, read, including eyewitness, straight eyewitness accounts from the researchers, raw data. Um, these stories are of telepathy. Like I, he looked at me and I heard him in my head. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't worry, we're not going to hurt you or you will do what I say or whatever. They're very authoritarian and cold. They're not interested in uh, allying the person's fears or um, they're interested in making uh, whatever they want to do, they want to do. And they, they might be. They might say things like, don't worry, we're not going to hurt you, but only because they want your compliance. They'll do it the easy way if they can. If not, they'll do it the hard way. Right. But um, they're very um, unfeeling, sometimes aggressive, um, but they don't seem to ever verbally speak mm-hmm. as a rule. Do you ever hear about any of these creatures like actually killing somebody? Because it seems like, yeah, they're cold and unfeeling, but they do what they do if it's surgery or whatever it is. And then they right. let you back in your bed and you're still alive. Has there ever been somebody that was like, oh, we were both there. And then they did this to that person and I got away or whatever. I've Boy, never heard a, a single one. There's thousands of people that disappear every year. So, you know, those ones I would think would be the person that doesn't come back, you know, so they just become part of the missing population. And they're all within cave systems, typically. So if you look um, at that map, do you think that meme was accurate that I showed you that that map? Oh, I know. Yeah, it's probably fairly accurate. Yeah. But, you know, the thing, like I said, I can't answer your question only because how do we know? They were abducted that night or whatever. You know what I'm saying? There's no way to, there's not usually a two man team getting abducted and one of them comes back and the other one says, you know, and says the other one died. Yeah. I mean, do you usually hear, do you ever hear about an abduction? Well, I guess you wouldn't. It's like, it's like maybe one. Yeah. I guess one came back and the other didn't. Doesn't make sense. So if they don't come back and tell the story, then they'll never hear yeah, about it. Yeah, you have no way of yeah. knowing. All you would know is that they just became part of that number of missing people. Right. And there are literally tens of thousands of missing people per year in this country. And, you know, for multiple reasons. And people usually get taken not in front of somebody either. It's always it like in that, your own bedroom mean, when you're alone or whatever. A lot of times they do, but I mean like... um. um Travis Walton was taken, you know, in front of an entire group of people. You know, are you familiar with the Travis Walton story? Nope. Okay. Well, this is a classic in the UFO realm. This happened in, I believe, the mid in, the, in late seventies, early eighties. Okay. Travis Walton was a young guy who was um, working a lo- uh, for, for a logging company with his um, best friend, soon to be brother-in-law. And a group of other fellas, they were basically going up and working in the woods. And um, one night on their way down, they see this light in the sky and they slow down trying to figure out what it is. And Travis gets out and he takes his flashlight with him. And this is the this is the moral of every of all these different UFO stories. And when this happens, it's always a bad idea. And he flashes it up at them at this craft. 
And that's whenever the beam of light shoots out of the craft, hits him in the chest, and slowly begins to lift him up. Everybody else is freaking out. They don't know if this thing's going to take them all out, what's going to happen. So they go down the road a little ways. You know, they're scared to death. And the dude who's driving is his his friend. He's like, man, we left Travis. We left Travis. We got to go back. They go back. And um, he's not there. He's just gone. So they go barrel-assing into town, go to the police department, tell them everything, and the police immediately believe that they killed him. And they've concocted this crazy tale to cover up for an accidental death or a murder. Well, immediately the Aram military gets involved, like because it's a UFO sighting, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And they believe and begin to push the scenario that these guys killed him and he's gone for a couple days. And then, um, you know, the town's railing against them and there's like meetings about them and why aren't they in jail? You know, no damn UFO came out of the sky and took them. We all know what they did to that boy, Travis, you know, and it's just tearing the whole town to pieces. And after a few days, um, Everybody's looked for Travis. They can't find the body. They've mar- marched over that mountainside, taken canines up there, everything. There's nothing, nothing. Mm-hmm. So then this, the scenario is that they um, they move the body. There's nothing in the truck. They pass lie detector tests. You know, nothing to yeah. indicate that they did it. And one night they get a phone call. It's pouring down rain and they get the, the, his best friend and his, and his, he was actually dating his best friend's sister. So she was at the house with them and, um, they get this phone call and it's Travis and he's barely makes sense. And he's very hoarse and, and he's distant and he's like, help me. And he tells them where and he's in a phone booth. This is how long ago it was. <laughs> and um, he's in a phone booth. And they jump in the car, call his brothers, jump in the car, and they all this phone booth in the middle of nowhere at this little gas station. And they find him there naked, just kind of laying there in the, you know, half in the phone booth and half in the rain. And they get him to the hospital immediately and he's dehydrated. He's been, um, abused. He's got marks all over his body. He's got marks on his eyes and marks all over him. And he's obviously not eaten or drank anything in, in days and days. And he kind of comes back to, and eventually he tells them very much the same story that the rest of them told about, everything up to the point of the beam of light hitting him. And of course his story takes a totally different tack from that point forward. He claims that um, he awoke in this craft and far from what you usually see with the sterile antiseptic, you know, place, this place was totally different. It was filthy and that people were in these, what were like, um, gooey bubble gummy kind of pods that they were they were being housed in almost like um like in the matrix a placenta like a placenta yeah i like, think like in the matrix you didn't see the matrix what i never saw the matrix patty okay i haven't been disappointed in you ever until right now <laughs> this is the the one time how could you not have seen the Matrix? I saw Fire in the Sky that this movie's based, uh, this story I'm telling you on is based on, but it had nothing to do with anything paranormal. Okay, you have to see the Matrix because because it, it changed. It's the okay, it's the movie I've seen the most in my life. I've seen it over thirty times. Um, it always looked boring to me and and sterile and just it just looked like not something I would watch. No way, it expands your mind. It makes you think, but I know that you hate, dude. I broke you your hate, brain a couple times already. You hate the idea of living in a simulation, so yes. no wonder you probably wouldn't want to see it. There was nothing when I saw it advertised. There was like nothing about it that made me go, "Oh, I think I want to watch that." 
Yeah, I think they advertised it really as a like an action film, but that's not yeah, how yeah, it should no, be taken. Like, I can watch, I can watch like you know, action films, um, you know, die hard crap like that. But I'm not. There was nothing. There was just nothing in their advertising for it that that even remotely challenged me to want to see it. Okay, well, I'm challenging you. I'll probably watch ten minutes of it and go, "That's it, Grizzly Adams." It is. Ugh. Oh. It's just so much more in depth than you think it is. Anyway, but anyway, <laughs> back to my story. So anyway, um, he comes home. He has PTSD from the whole thing, and it and the memories kind of get clearer over the next several weeks. And for years, Travis Walton wouldn't talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. For years and years, he just wanted everybody to let him alone. But about five to eight years ago. He began to talk about it, but this was a very, this is a famous, famous case. There was a book written about it called fire in the sky, I believe. And there then a movie was done called fire in the sky based on the Travis Walton story. And they stayed fairly close. So it's a very popular story. And he, you know, he talked about, um, they didn't, they didn't have any time for him. They didn't care where they were hurting him. He saw people that were driven insane, people that were almost like they were digested by these pods, um, half alive and half sucked into the pod and digested and diluted. It's very graphic and very um, terrifying. Have, and if you have not seen that one, I challenge you to watch that movie. It's called Fire in the Sky, and it's, um, it's a really intense journey. You see if I don't. I know you will. I got you to watch. You know you got because well, I got you to watch the Serpent in the Rainbow. Yes, you did. So I watch mostly stuff that's paranormal. You know that. I remember once in a while I'll dip into a murder mystery or in a musical, but it's just me. Or a cooking show. That's one. I do the cooking shows are my release. They're my they're my go to sleep time. I just lay there and watch them, and they can just talk away in a little pretty little British accents, and all be kind to each other, and then I can go to sleep. It's all peace, light, and harmony in that cooking show. I've been changing my sleep routine. Why? I've been listening to binaural beats and uh, self-hypnosis stuff, like hypnosis stuff, sleep hypnosis. Uh-huh. And has it helped? Jury's out. Not sure. Okay. Um, I actually think so. It seems like my anxiety is a little less in the morning time when I wake up because usually I feel like I'm going to die. When I wake up, that's awful. The first thing that, yeah, when when I wake up, my heart's already going and feels like I'm having a panic attack. Not sure why. It's just every single day forever. That's awful. Yeah. And then I get up and I have my CBD and it starts to fade, and then I feel fine Uh the rest of the day. CBD is my medicine at this point. But yeah, I don't know what it is because I don't, I don't really have any like. Like, I have really weird dreams, but none of them are horrific, typically. But anyway, no, I think this is a great story. And um, But I've never seen any stories where they truly were compassionate, not even the greys. There's always that almost cool indifference. Once in a blue moon, and I think these might even be the hybrid ones, we'll, we'll try to calm them. But it's just the, the lizard people, the lizard people don't seem to care. Hmm. They just want to get done what they want to get done. And you bump into that all the time. Yeah, I definitely think that there's something going on with underground stuff. And well, that's, and that's where aliens lot, come from. Yeah, there's a lot more going on than people realize, I think. I mean, we know the military even has underground tunnels and underground facilities and bases and stuff all over the country and probably all over the world for that matter. They're dug though, aren't they? They're not like natural. They are, but um, well, they might not be. I mean, we don't know what all of them are. We just know a few of them. And, you know, why would you not take advantage of a natural system Mm -hmm. if you could and have to, you know, not dig it? Just like, um, you know, there's other stories of um, airports and different things that were worse. A lot of extra money was spent and people don't know why it was spent. And now those bases, those places are, um, getting a reputation for having a military base under them and stuff. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I bet we have 
insane technology that we don't even know about yet? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. You know, things that we were seeing 30 years ago as UFOs, which they were a UFO at that time, you know, like the triangle shaped crafts and stuff like that. They fit the definition, unidentified flying object right. is what they were. But we now know that they were military and they were testing them. And, you know, not all the tests went well, but they were testing them. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's we're always on a lag. Yeah, so 20 much. to 30 years, probably. It makes me wonder how much of today's technology we had at least started back in the, you know, 70s. And well, it's just now coming to light. Um, you know, Kecksburg and Roswell and all of those UFO crashes. Mm -hmm. And after that, you start to see these huge leaps in technology. And whether it's just coincidental or there's a correlation, I, I can't say, but you do seem to see that. And sometimes it's interesting because like people who saw things from, um, Kecksburg, um, or from Roswell, Describe things like a hand, a panel. The 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 craft was was um, controlled by these two hand panels, and you laid your hand on them, and then you shifted your pressure, and that's how you controlled the craft. We now have such things of our own mm -hmm. that we can do. So the fact that they, you know, they probably reverse engineered a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Or it was theirs to begin with. I think it was probably reverse engineered. So do I. <laughs> Most likely. Um, because I, I do believe that there's something going on. There's just too many credible people who have. And I've had, um, before we leave the subject of the aliens, um, you were saying about people getting stolen out of their beds. There was a case that I wrote about in um, UFOs in Pennsylvania. And it was kind of a bizarre case. The mother had been kidnapped years and years earlier when she was pregnant. Okay. And they did experiments on her. And she was terrified they were going to take the baby, but they didn't. Well, anyway, um, fast forward to her daughter. She has like three daughters. And um, the daughter that she was carrying when she was kidnapped is now like 16 years old. The other girl is like 15. And um, they share a bedroom. And at night, the one girl, the girl who had been, um, the, her mother had been carrying whenever she had been kidnapped, she starts getting carried out of, like, literally floated through the, through the wall or through the window, closed window, by these things. And they see them by the bed. Both girls see it. One girl's just paralyzed. She can't move. The other girl is taken multiple times so in those instances if the girl hadn't come back eventually presumably the other girl would have been able to say this is what happened to her now whether the police would have bought that story or not but um it's very it's just hard to answer the question you had asked about you know they did away with people because it's really hard to know Mm -hmm. Judging from cattle mutilations and stuff like that, which is its entire own episode or series of episodes, um, they have the potential to be exceedingly brutal because if the cattle mutilations have anything to do with them, um, they literally use lasers and cut the organs out of these animals alive. Right. And that makes me wonder, you know, you say that we... Uh seem like animals to them basically mm -hmm. but well they, they tag us like animals it seems right it just makes me think that they at least have a little more respect for us in that way they don't like they recognize that we are higher a higher being than livestock. well we don't know the ones they might not, not might not let go they don't come back That's we true. do know the ones that do um come back often tell stories of being uh, you know through a brutal brutal agony and they don't seem to care. Mm -hmm. It isn't like they stop because it's hurting. They'll say, oh, this doesn't hurt. And then the giant needle goes through your, at your belly button. Well, it makes me wonder and why I'm they even study us. Like, what's the point? Why do we study cows? If, if we're much lower on the scale than they are, well, why, why do they even care? For the same reason we tag bears and stuff. Just their curiosity, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we, we do those things to help. 
well, we do those things to help conserve them and to take care of them and make sure they don't go extinct, et cetera. So do you think that's similar to what they're doing? Well, I, I think are we their pets? We do that as a, <laughs> well, it might be. Um, I don't think they do that in all cases. I mean, I think we do that to find out more about them. You know, it's hard to make, and, but um, it's not all for conservation. Yeah, it's kind of gone in that direction, but it wasn't originally for conservation. Right, and maybe they are thinking. Maybe that's why they do all the genetic stuff they do because they think that they're saving our species from itself. I don't know, but I mean, they do seem to have a preponderance of um, interest, if you will, in genetics and the sexual component and emotion and stuff that we're they're fascinated with that we have and there is a huge body of evidence that they may be genetically um linking themselves to us to be more viable on this planet for some reason Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i was gonna i was wondering did you know i'm i'm uh, a relative of extraterrestrials you did not yeah i have pure green eyes Okay. I join one percent of the entire world, and they say that that if you have pure green eyes, you have alien genes. I've read that somewhere. Did you ever read that? Okay. No, I did not. Okay. But that's okay. <laughs> well, there you go. There's something new for you. Go look it up. But I I don't. I mean, I know. Obviously, they can't prove anything, so there's no facts to rattle off. But right. That was like a theory for some reason. It's just that it's so rare. To have not hazel, but just green. Mm-hmm. And it runs in my family and everything. And it just, uh, and it all originates, you know, assumedly from the same place. Like, it's it seems to be more of an Irish thing. So, you know, I'm, probably, thinking, I'm probably spreading false information, more. but I feel like it's, it's people that come from a certain area and have gone from there. See, I've heard things about the, you know, the fairies and what have you. So you could have fairy genes too, you know. That'd be cool. I wonder how many. I wonder how many like sensitives or empaths or whatever you want to say have green eyes. I wonder if it's very high know. or low. I have brown eyes. I can't tell you. I know these are the studies we got to do, Patty. One day. Well, the problem with that is how do you actually decide if a person's truly sensitive or if they just say they are? Well, crap. Because <laughs> that's you just really ruined it. <laughs> well, no. I mean, if you're going to look at it from the scientific method, you're going to have to put some sort of a testing mechanism well, in place. take them all to Lilydale and have them judge. So, yeah. Are I, we I doing monsters or aliens? I think we're kind of drifting back and forth between the two. Because <laughs> we did the reptile people, and, and that mon- which are monsters. But then you asked a question. It took me to the fact that there's two different types. Right. Okay. So what other monsters did you have on the agenda? There are just um, tons of monsters. Everywhere has its own like set of monsters. There's. Um, you mean like the squonk? Well, like the squonk, yes. You talked about the squonk before, which is like the most... I, I couldn't believe that was the Pennsylvania monster. I mean, like, it's the most weenie little thing on the planet. It's just pathetic. It is it's pathetic, even, yeah. It, it shouldn't even be called a monster. It's just a weenie little thing. That cries all the time. And, it cries. And they say it's bec- it's when the, it sees its own reflection. That's when it cries. That sounds like total garbage, that part of it. But <laughs> they're probably just it's trying like to figure out... therapy. Yeah, it needs therapy because it's so ugly. It's it's not coping with accepting itself. Right. Poor little guy. Let's go find one. Little squonk. See, I can't imagine because like there's like there's goat men and there's bunny people and there's pug wudgies and <laughs> sorry. What? A pug wudgie. Oh please. What is that? What well, is a like pug wudgie? Well, it's kind of a little evil gnome creature. And they're very mean and deadly. And oh. They kill people and they kill animals. And they have this really weird little, like, this little lispy voice. Mm-hmm. People that have seen them, and they've seen a lot in New England area. Um, they'll say things like, come to me, come with me, come with me, Babalaji. And then 
the next thing you know, they're attacking you and they were snarling and they're just really creepy little things. We just got and, that voice on on uh, on here and mm-hmm. I'm going to have to listen to it. And that just terrified me. <laughs> if I never heard yeah. that voice again, I might be it might be too soon. <laughs> it's it's a um, primal thing going on with you. Because that there's something instinctively that triggered when you heard that voice then, but that's how I've always heard them described, in that little tiny lispy sort of voice, and like you're, you're like you're puzzled by what is it? It's this little ugly looking creature. It's almost like a little gnome type thing, but sometimes furrier, and then it seems to have this like everybody that's ever told the story of it always says i knew it was trying it was going to hurt me like they got away they had this terror terrifying fear does it chase after you or once you get out of its area it just it like, seems it, that once does it behave it, like you, an elemental yeah in some respects in that um it'll uh it's it seems to um once you you're gone it doesn't like follow you forever but they have chased people before and the people got into their car or whatever hmm. yep but that's the little thing and that's i mean that's not necessarily exactly their voice but that's doggone close to what i've heard i've told been told them they heard ew <coughs> the pugwudgy pugwudgy a pugwudgy what other what other ones have funny names oh i'm trying to think of the ones Squonk, the little flying monkey things. Um, what are they called? Oh no, not that again. Yeah, I can't think of what they're called off the top of my head, but um, yeah, not There's, not flying monkeys. They're flying monkeys, like Wizard man. of Oz. Ugh. Yeah, I'm trying to think what they're called, but um. There's like all kinds of creepy stuff like that all over. There's gnomes and fairies and all kinds of crazy things. Um, there's uh. Here in Pennsylvania, there were the there's something that loosely is translated to the Morning Star, which is kind of a shape shifting creature mm-hmm. that um, appears either as a. It very much reminds me of. Um, and if you ever heard of stories about demons or wraths in cemeteries in like England and Scotland and Ireland, particularly Ireland. What's a wrath? And it's kind of a. You mean a wraith? And it, is that different no. from a wraith? Yeah, it's a little different. Oh. Okay. And um, anyway, any, it just—it's a shape-shifting creature, and it would appear in a, say, in a cemetery um, when somebody's after somebody's been buried. If there's a person that lingers behind in a cemetery, if it's a guy, she'll appear as a very beautiful woman. If it's a if it's a woman, it'll appear as a very handsome man, and um, it'll enchant them. There's no other way to say it. And um, they meet it there multiple times, and then like it'll extract a promise. Promise me that. You know, I have to go away, but promise me that I'll meet you again here in three months or whatever. And that, that person dies and is in the cemetery three months from then. If they make the promise or either way, if they make the promise. Well, I don't know if they don't make the promise because then they don't tell the story probably. But yeah, um, but those who've made the promise will go home and say, I mean, you know, I met this beautiful girl and. We've been we've been talking and and she had to go away for a couple months, but I told her I'd meet her, you know, um, out at such and such a church in three months. And sure enough, they're dead that they're by then and they're buried in the churchyard. So in the Native American culture in Pennsylvania, they had something very similar, which, like I said, translates loosely to the morning star. She's supposed to be very it is supposed to be very beautiful. And what it is, is it will appear either as um, again as a male to the females or to um, vice versa. And um, it will extract um, their energy. It literally starts to eat their energy. They'll start to get listless and tired and weak until, um, you know, it's all they can do to get out to, to, to meet with it, but they feel compelled to meet with it. And eventually it will, It'll it will kill them, but it kills them by tearing their living heart out and eating it. How do we know that? There have been witnesses, according to the legends. Because I was going to say, how do they? If you felt compelled, what did you do? Look over and say, "I'm compelled <laughs> to go well, no, see like this they thing." They go home and they talk to their family or their friends and say, oh, "I met this beautiful girl in the, you know, from another village." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. The bodies are found with the hearts torn out. 
um, according to the legends. And a lot, and there have been a couple times when somebody followed them mm-hmm. because of a suspicion that there was something else going on. And um, in those cases, there have been people who have seen them. It's weird that people <clears throat> don't have a lot, like sometimes there's no overlap. Like say they lived in Pennsylvania at one point and they are now moved on, of course, um, mostly. But uh, then you don't have people living in that area now talking about it, do you? If it's strictly kind of like Native American tradition? Well, I, I think that we don't talk about a lot of things now because, well, first of all, not many people are in the woods anymore. That's true. Um, so that would negate that. We would give it a totally different connotation. Now we would say that they met a serial killer mm. in the woods. You know, so it would have a totally different connotation. Right. The spiritual aspect is on the back burner. So, I mean, those would be the things I would think would make it different. So the same things may still be there. They're just couched in different terms. Where were those tribes? Actually. Were they north, like in the wilds area? Honey, this was the wilderness at one point in time. Bedford County was considered the first real frontier. Yeah. I'm saying was it in... The story, the story took place. The, the stories I've bumped into from it, yeah. were in Bedford and Fulton counties. So south, south Pennsylvania, yeah. south. Central. No, I mean they might have had stories other places, but these are the ones that I came across. Because like those stories come, how you find those stories is you read journals and you read letters and you read diaries, and I have read hundreds, literally hundreds of those things over the years, and bumping through all that stuff, you eventually come across bizarre little stories. Nerd. <laughs> freely admitted <laughs> that goes out to jillian if you're listening thank you for that what she called me a nerd no no uh my my buddy listens to this podcast a lot and his wife uh used to call me nerd all the time oh. when i'd be acting silly uh down in austin huh? and uh yeah and then i met her sister at their wedding and she went I, I was like doing some weird thing, taking pictures of them and they're and she's like, nerd. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, both of you, you're definitely sisters. So, um, huh. that I picked that up from her. That was oh, fun. okay. Well, apparently I'm a nerd too. I'm joining <laughs> you in that, but you know, this is how I find the stuff like the lesser known tales. Oh, I know. And I learned a lot from these, these journals and manuscripts. And you're my diamond in the rough, Patty. So how's that? I just was able to find such an authority. Uh, no, <laughs> I am master of nothing. I just like, I just enjoy so many different things. I just keep reading and studying. I love history. I love folklore. I love, and it all marries together at some point. So, but anyway, I mean, you do come across that kind of stuff, pugwudgies and all kinds of stuff like that. Or they have a regional element, but you can look at the larger, and you just like the word pugwudgie. Every time I say it, you grin. It's hilarious. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's called a pugwudgie. Anyway, but you know, if you look at it, you'll see um, correlations to um, goblins and and all kinds of other stuff. So, what's a goblin? It's kind of a creature, almost like a gnome or something. Because you think about like goblins, like. Uh kind of like orcs or something or or some sort of fantasy creature but i mean what what are they actually probably part of the fairy realm okay they fit in the fairy lore you know people think of fairies as tinkerbell from you know the movie that they grew up with and peter pan and what have you but Fairies can be very, very, very tall, like six, seven, eight, nine feet. Mm-hmm. They can be very, very little. Um, there's entire subcategories of fairy folk as well, um, from leprechauns to elves to all kinds of things, goblins and what have you. They're all in that same realm of fairy folk. So give me the scary, a really, really scary monster. That one that we should all be afraid of. For me, it's a giant snake. You know that. I'm terrified of snakes. Okay, but that's like a... I don't want to say it's a real thing. But I mean, you know what I mean. Lizard peoples tend to be very, very violent. Hellhounds tend to be very, very violent. 
um, you know, it's the violence and the and the senseless violence of it. Me personally, the thing I would fear the most are aliens because they're so amoral mm-hmm. because of what they do. I've told you that the most frightening book I ever wrote was the UFO book, and it was. Yeah, I got uh, people in the trees is now my my scary one. Is it? That's your scariest one. If you I talk go, to Ben about that a little if bit. If I go walking night. through the woods, I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know, looking at every single tree. Um, yeah, because they seem to just chase and attack for almost no reason. Yeah, I know you had a good conversation with Ben, and you so you had some firsthand witness, eyewitness accounting there. Hey, did he whisper a while back, oh. a while ago? Yes, he whispered. Okay. He whispered. Um, he said, "Like I thank you or something." I, no, I will oh. vacuum up my mess. Apparently, he's making a mess in my living room as we speak. Oh, okay. Let's see what what has what's something that has really big claws. Well, before I lose them again, um, I'm going to come to that question in just a second. Okay. But before I lose them again, the, the flying monkey things are called rebobs. Rebobs. Okay. That's what I want to. I can never remember that when I want to tell it to you. So rebobs before I forget. That doesn't sound that scary. It sounds like rhubarb. Well, it may sound that not scary, but the um, witness accounts always describe three to five foot tall monkey creatures with wings ah. and glowing eyes that sit up in the trees and watch them and then leap out and try to catch them flying at them. Where was this? Um, Southern California, Napa Valley. Oh, good. Far away. Well, but, doesn't mean but where I used to live. <laughs> but where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, what about the giant, claws. gigantic claws? Which one has the biggest claws? What claws? Because I've always been fascinated with velociraptors. Oh, uh, well. So claws is like a big thing. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh... Probably the lizard men have huge claws on their, you know, and 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 fangs and what have you. We can't get past the lizard men. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. You asked about claws, and I'm thinking I know. <laughs> hellhounds have them. I'm trying to jog your memory for other things, but these lizard things sound really scary, actually. And then there's this, these bizarre stories. I'll have to do a little research and then come back to you and tell you some more. But about these things that came up out of the sewer system um, in a couple different towns. And they literally came up out of the sewer system and would chase people. And one lady found one in their house and it was in her daughter's closet. And her daughter was feeding it peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which sounds hilarious. But it was hilarious until she found out that it wasn't a little invisible friend whatever it was was eating and then she thought there was an animal in there and then it went from there and then the military got involved what was it they don't know like it was just invisible no it wasn't invisible it was a it was a real physical creature that she saw but she only ever saw it in glimpses but it whatever it was it prompted the military she called the police about it and the military showed up instead and told her that she had imagined it and that that didn't answer her question so then they told her that there was um something they had been experimenting on that had gotten out but they had captured it and everything was good and she wasn't allowed to mention it for national security reasons well obviously she broke that she did eventually. It took like 20-some years. Well, how do you even break that? Is it a like gag order for life or do they just have like statutes of limitations or what? No, I mean people just get tired of it and they're just like, I'm done. That's like... Um, it's usually when they get old, right? Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> well, that's like um, with Kexberg. There was a truck driver who, who claims he saw the crash craft at um, an Air Force base. Okay, Wright Patterson, which was always well known as a a repository for UFO wreckage, okay, among all the theorists and what have you. And his argue his claim was that he was delivering a load of brick and he was trying he had to get somebody to sign his invoice. So he went inside the building to try to get somebody to sign his invoice. And he's walking around, he hears voices, and he goes into this one area, this great big area, and there's a half finished brick wall there and this craft and he saw a dead alien laying on the table um and part of a craft which he described as it's the kexberg craft is very unique it looks like um acorn. A, an acorn mm-hmm. shape yeah 
with this bell around the bottom of it that has um, all this hieroglyphics on it, okay? And um, anyhow, he's trying to get somebody's attention. He, st- he kind of stops dead. He's looking at all this stuff. And somebody sees him, one of the officers, and he yells at him, hey, you're not allowed in here. And he rushes him out and what have you. And, and he signs the invoice. And then they take him to a room and tell him, you know, you, know, you can't ever say anything about what you saw. It's for national security reasons. And then they threaten him. They say it would be a real shame if something happened to your family. You ever talk about it? It just could happen. You know, somebody could just die in a car accident, get shot accidentally. You only never can ever tell. Well, he kept the, the secret until he was within six months of dying of cancer. And then he said it always stuck in his craw that they threatened his family. And he's like, so I'm going to die. And everybody's all grown up and scattered now. So I'm going to tell it before I die. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll probably be its own episode, right? <laughs> Actually, we should get Stan on. My friend Stan Gordon, who's probably the most, um, he's probably the best expert in the entire world in the Kexburg right now. And we'll have to have Stan come on and tell his stories. Okay. Because he started. Could it started that fill a whole episode or, or would oh he God, have to yes. tell us more? Okay. Um, Stan actually was a teenager when it crashed and was following it on the radio that night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to have to ask Stan to come on and tell the story because he would tell it better than me because he spent a lifetime researching it. One event. That's crazy. Well, what else does he research? Oh, he researches Bigfoot, UFOs, all that stuff. Okay. But Kexberg was, you know, that was his baby from the get-go. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll have to do that. You know what? I think you need to go. I do. I'm afraid. <laughs> You're falling apart. <laughs> I'm madly, I'm madly trying not to cough, sneeze, and sniffle all at the same time and talk. <laughs> but everybody, please be patient with me. Allergy season will pass. Yeah. So, um, let's see. We got uh, Patreon trying to get a website, trying to get a program for Facebook Live to make our Facebook Lives work. Yes. Um. So if you got the extra five bucks a month, please consider helping us out. Um, I'm always posting about our Patreon stuff on pretty much every post. So, so I'm sure you'll see it <laughs> for sure. Even on this post. Um, yeah. Besides that, uh, if you want to co- contact us, we would like to start having uh, stories and things from our listeners to be putting on air. Um, we just want to hear more from all of you and interact with you more. Uh, because we've, we've kind of built up this, you know, we're 40 episodes in build up content. Now we kind of have a backlog of content a little bit. We'll be releasing regularly and we want to be able to, uh, we've, we've opened ourselves to the possibility of, of talking to you guys directly and getting more involved. So we'd like to do that. Well, I think it's more fun whenever, whenever everybody's sharing it's, I mean, I, I like to tell you guys stories. I love it, but tell me one now, please. Yeah, call us at our number. It is 814-414-4341. Let me double check that to make sure that's true. <laughs> I always forget. Uh, like I picked it because of all the fours, but now I forget how the fours go. Okay, uh, 814-414-4341. I did it. So let's hear it in your own voice, and then we can break it down. Um, some people, if they have like a whole string of things, we might actually, uh, either invite on or have like, uh, like we've been doing the paranormalist tales Mm -hmm. recently. So we could do like little mini things with you guys. Um, there's lots of possibilities. Also leave your suggestions with us because we'd like to, to know what you want us to do, which direction you want us to take and everything. And we do have other things coming up down the down the road, and we will visit more monsters and some UFO stories. We really haven't touched UFOs at all, so we need to work on that a little. Well, here's the thing. We're 40 episodes in, and we've barely touched anything. Do you know that? Like, as I oh, go I through and listen to the clips, like, when I'm making the clips and stuff, like, it's it's a lot of overview, and there, but there's so much more overview to do, too. Like, I don't know this if This is we, a never-ending topic. The... The only way for this podcast to end is like, uh, never mind. I don't want to say it. 
<laughs> it's never going to end. So we don't we don't exist anymore. Till, yeah, I was going to say till till we can't do it anymore. Yeah, but um, no, I mean this is this is I've spent a lifetime. You know, you have to realize I've been at this since I was 12 years old, easily, and I have read thousands of documents and books. And I have tens of thousands yet to read. I, I, you know, my argument whenever I feel really bad is like, Lord, don't let me die because I got so much work left to do, man. There's so much yet to tell. Oh, next stories episode. Mm-hmm. Remind me, I have to update everybody on my spirit. Okay. Because there have been a couple happenings. Well, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. We'll catch everybody later. Thank you. I'm going to go blow my nose, sneeze, cough, and then lay down. I'm going to go do none of those things, but I'm going to have a snack. Enjoy. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.